always. Thank you. How wonderful, wonderful to be here and to share together in this time of worship. Before beginning the message, uh, I sent a word up top. I don't know if they've seen it yet, not to be recording for the radio right this moment. But as we get into it, if you're one that picks up a bulletin and has the outline, and as we move through the word today, and at places it doesn't exactly match the outline, I always back up my people in the booth because they are so important. It's not their fault, it's mine. With publication schedules and for projection and everything, we wrap this all up around Thursday, but it still keeps working with me for the next couple of days. So there'll be a few little changes in phrases and tenses uh, in this message this morning, but how I pray that God will speak to our hearts. Let me lead us in prayer again. Lord Jesus, what an incredible day. What an incredible day. We're here in a place, your place. We're here in your presence. We're here with your people. We assemble here on a regular basis. But it does have that special moment for us as we celebrate your birth. And I pray, I pray that the miracle, the awe, the majesty, and the love of your coming into the world will seize our hearts today. Forgive us of our sins. Lord Jesus, I pray, I pray for that word that is under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and that it is not my voice that is heard, but that it is your voice. And people will be saved and revived here today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Forgive us of our sins. Amen. I'm going to read portions of the Gospel of Luke chapter 2 in the beginning here. But looking at the title of the message, it's Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 14. And I will begin reading, well, let's just begin at the top and remind ourselves one other time of the birth of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Luke chapter 2 beginning with verse 1, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I share with you the journey of my heart over these past couple of days in the wonderful opportunity to preach and share the good news of Jesus Christ on Christmas Day. And that is, the journey this week has been one for me where I have been moved out of the stable, out of Bethlehem, and to reflect upon, to reflect upon the miracle, the wonder, the majesty, the ministry, the power, the love of Jesus Christ. Fox is showing this week a special called Jesus of Nazareth, and Pete Hedgeth is, is narrating it. They are traveling all around Israel. His pastor is with him uh, and certain guides over there, and it's just been very, very amazing. And as they begin to talk about the impact of this child, the impact of this child, there were times when I just had to weep. And I want to weep now. And we don't need to stay in a stable, amen? We don't need to stay in Bethlehem. Let us celebrate it. But we need to recognize this Jesus Christ who burst out all over the world and continues to make an incredible, an incredible difference. These things usually don't work well for me. I have basically no computer skills, but it did a moment ago. And that is, if I can get back to Google, good. You've heard of, you've read One Solitary Life about Jesus being born from an obscure village, in an obscure village, in a stable, in a manger, did not have any of the finery, any of the credentials or whatever that the important and successful people of his day had talks about his death being, being nailed on a cross between two, two thieves while they gambled, the executioners gambled for his clothing. When he was dead, he was laid in a barred grave through the pity of a friend. But now, 20 centuries have come and gone. And today, Jesus is the central figure of the human race. Wow. We even began to mark time by him. B.C., before the birth of Christ. A.D., in the year of our Lord. A secular society has changed it so that it's B.C.E., before the Christian era. And after him, after him, it is C.E., the Christian era. But let me tell you what, friend. In my mind, it is 2022 in the year of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So all of time, and today Jesus is the central figure of the human race, the leader of mankind's progress, and all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever set, all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on earth as powerfully as the one solitary life. I pray that this will be acceptable to you on Christmas Day. For five or six weeks, we have been focusing on the birth of Jesus. I would love today to focus on the life, the ministry, and the message of Jesus. 
The title that you see on your screen in your bulletin, and I always like to have a title, and this one came to me, do you hear what I hear? Well, I tweaked that a little bit uh, as, we have, as I have moved along in the prayer progress, and I would entitle it now, Do You Hear Who I Hear? Do You Hear Who I, I Hear? And then a subtitle of Hearing Jesus Again for the First Time. A couple of years ago, a Bible professor at the University of Oregon wrote a new historical study on Jesus, and he entitled it, Meeting Jesus Again for the first time. Well, my heart here is, I want us to hear Jesus today. I want us to see Jesus today. I want us to experience in Him as if it were our first time. And I want us to hear Jesus again for the first time. And so we move into the outline and it will be connected all the way with the Christmas story. When we are hearing Jesus, when you're not hearing me, when you're hearing the Word of God, the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His, we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten, when we are hearing Jesus, number one, we are hearing God. God is speaking to us. Isaiah 7, 14, the prophecy of the birth of Jesus Christ says, born of a virgin, and his name will be called Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, when the angel told Joseph what to name the child, he said, he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in the passage that I just read, the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 2, verse 11, the angel tells, tells the shepherds that there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The message of the church down through the ages and that which we pray is that people hear God speak to their hearts, that they hear Jesus Christ. How did they begin to clue in that Jesus was the Christ. Well, he began with his message, preaching in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse through 7, chapter 5, verse through chapter 7. And remember, they had not heard from a prophet in 400 years. And here comes God himself, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, preaching to them and at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, they are amazed and they said, he's not like, and let me paraphrase it this way, he's not like our preachers. He's not like our scribes and chief priests. He speaks glory to God. He speaks with authority. They knew there is something different about this man. He is God with us. I don't know why certain things just stick so hard in my heart, but I remember it's been many years ago. I was still in Louisville, Kentucky, way back yonder. Church in the neighborhood had gotten a new pastor, and I said, how do you like your new preacher? And the guy said, well, he talks a good talk. Well, I tell you, friend, I'm not here to talk a good talk. I am here to speak, I pray, on the behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Woo! Oh, excuse me. We got visitors here today. I'm sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to run up and down the aisles. Don't worry. But, no. Let's hear Jesus as if we never heard him before. And they said, this guy speaks with authority. And then they began to see his miracles. And I think I was sitting there eating breakfast this morning and I'm thinking about John the Baptist and I don't know that we ever sympathize with John the Baptist or or whatever, but my heart went out to John the Baptist. His birth was miraculous, born to older parents. He was given a divine appointment to go and announce that there is one coming, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he comes out of the woods wearing camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey, standing at the Jordan River and calling people to repent, baptizing Jesus, announcing him as the Lamb of God. And then John the Baptist is languishing in prison. He's going to be beheaded. And this should encourage us. At that moment, the great John the Baptist sent two disciples to Jesus and asked, Are you the one? Are you the one or should we look for another? And Jesus said, You go tell John what you've seen. The lame are walking. The blind are seeing. Sins are being forgiven. The dead are being raised. And the people knew Emmanuel has been born. And God is with us. And when we hear Jesus, we are hearing from God. In one of my doctoral seminars, the professor raised a question and it still stuck with me. And that's been a long time ago too. And he said, is it really important that God came in the flesh? Is it really important that we understand that Jesus, fully God and fully man... And I still contemplate that. On the one hand, I think we should have enough faith to have responded to God the Father, but no one ever did from the beginning of time. And before the beginning of time, God knew I'm going to go down there. I'm going to go down there as one of them, and I'm going to do for them what they can't do for themselves, and that is I'm going to die for their sins, and I'm going to come back from the grave. Amen? So yes, it is critical, it is critical that God became one of us. And so when we are hearing Jesus, we are hearing God. My prayer is that as you're sitting here and as you leave, you will, you will know in your heart, God spoke to me today. Not Brother Bill, God spoke to me today. There's a second thing. When we are really hearing Jesus as if we had never heard him before, we're hearing good news. We're hearing good news. In the birth narrative, Luke chapter 2 verse 10, that angel of the Lord says to them, and we need to remember this from the pulpits and the churches and the ministry today, The angel said unto those shepherds, do not be afraid. Why? Behold, I bring you good tidings. I'm here with good news. I am bringing you news of great joy, which is for 
all people. The Gospel of Luke chapter 4, one of my favorite, most powerful passages of scriptures where Jesus has gone back home to Nazareth. He's preaching his inaugural message. He is quoting out of Isaiah. There's where he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to do what? To preach good news. When people walk out of our churches, when you walk out of here, when people listen by way of radio, however these messages might come to them from whatever church, it should resonate in the heart. I heard something good today. I heard some good news today. I heard good news. You know you have heard from God when you have heard good news. Jesus in Luke 4 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted? And recovery of sight to the blind. Can you not see your way around through life? To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Are you trapped? Are you in bondage to anything or anyone? and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, I am here on behalf of Jesus Christ to say that if you are poor in spirit, I've got good news for you. If you are brokenhearted, I've got news for you. If you are in bondage, I've got news for you. If you are blind and can't find your way through life, glory to God, I have good news for you. Amen? And it's when Jesus Christ is sharing Kyle Hazelton in a book, Urgency of Preaching, says, the preacher has not preached until he has proclaimed three things. And it parallels Romans chapter 6, verse 23 perfectly. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I have not preached unless I have stood here and shared with you the peril of sin. I have not preached until I have offered you the promise of life, of salvation, of forgiveness, and I have not preached to you unless I tell you it comes only in that babe that was born in Bethlehem that night. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who then can be saved? What must I do to be saved? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you need some good news? Here's good news. Jesus has come, friends, and God is with us. Emmanuel. We are hearing Jesus as if we'd never heard him before. When we are hearing him, with our heart. When we're hearing Him with our heart. I know I say this all the time, but I don't know a passage in the Bible that on any given day is not my favorite. But I love on the day of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And two disciples are on their way from Jerusalem back home to Emmaus on the Emmaus Road. Jesus miraculously appears to them. 
They are all upset. Jesus asked them, what are you talking about? And they said, are you the only guy around that don't know what happened this weekend? And they began to tell Jesus about Jesus. Now, isn't that awesome? And how we had hoped that he was the one, Emmanuel, the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. But they crucified him, and some are telling us that he was raised from the dead, but you know, they're like, we don't know. And Jesus had prevented them from recognizing him, and he began to explain to them, beginning with Moses, all that was going to happen. And about dinner time, Jesus must have been a Baptist because he arrived at a lot of homes at dinner time, let me tell you. Amen. He got there at dinner time. The problem today is I don't know where y'all eat dinner. Amen. <laughs> I don't know which place you might show up. But it was bread breaking time and Jesus sat down with them. Broke the bread and prayed and disappeared. And you know what they said. Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road. This is my prayer. I'm just a poor, simple preacher. Been doing it all my life. My prayer is that hearts would burn, would warm, would feel moved because you're hearing Jesus as if you never heard him before. Ralph Sockman wrote a sermon that stuck in my heart it was entitled, Three Sets of Eyes. I've shared this with you before. He says there's three sets of eyes. There's the eyes by which we maneuver around obstacles. Then there's the eyes of our understanding, intelligence, that when we're grappling with problem solving or whatever, and then when we finally reach the desired conclusion, what do we say many times? Oh, I see. And in a cartoon, a light bulb comes on. But he says there's a third set of eyes, and that's the eyes of the spirit, the eyes of the heart. And it's with those eyes that we see God. Amen. I may run in a minute, okay? I'm just kidding, y'all. But I do at home, and I dance at home too. I'll have you to know that. My prayer is that We'll hear him in our heart. And so I always play on Ralph Sockman's sermon that we got three sets of ears. There's ears by which we hear noise. There's the ears of our mind by which we really are listening to people and comprehend what they're saying. And then there's the ears of the heart when we know. I'm getting something special in here. I need to do something. What do I do? If that sense, if that sense of alt is there, you're hearing Jesus as if it were the first time. Sometimes we can sit in a church and the preacher is preaching and we get kind of nervous and we look around and we think, he's talking to me. I sure hope nobody else knows that he's talking to me. I think about the preacher that stepped up to the pulpit one Sunday 
greeted them with a lovely preacher greeting, dearly beloved. And a little lady on the second row blushed like you would not believe. He's talking to me, dearly beloved. Well, dearly beloved, Jesus is talking to you. And my prayer is, is that you wouldn't say, he's talking to me, that you would say, wow, Jesus is talking to me here today. He is talking to me. Jesus is God. Jesus has good news. This is what I need. Jesus is speaking to my heart. And it's well known, and the chief priests and scribes and a lot of preachers and churches and Christians need to know this today, that the world does not care how much we know. They want to know how much we care. Jesus cares. He cares for you. And you can say in a more popular phrase of Jesus, wow, he gets me. He really gets me. And so we know that Jesus has spoke to our hearts. And then the last, which is why I'm your favorite preacher. Amen. Because there's always a last. I want us to hear Jesus again as if we never heard him before. I want us to see him as if we have never seen him. I want us to... I want him to just absolutely overwhelm us and not take anything for granted. And so we know that we are hearing Jesus when we are hearing hope. Hope. It's one thing to hear good news. It's one thing to feel something and hear that, you know, I think God is speaking to me but that he is speaking to you with hope. I love that Gospel of Luke, again, chapter 4, where he is quoting Isaiah, that I have come to preach gospel, good news to the poor. I've come to heal brokenhearted. Let each word sink in. I have come to proclaim freedom to those who are in bondage, to whatever they're in bondage to. Jesus can set you free. I'm here to restore sight to the blind. If you've lost your way and can't see your way in life, Jesus will open the eyes of your heart. I've come to set free those who are oppressed. And then it says in a few verses in verse 21, he closed the book, which was turned to Isaiah. He's in the synagogue in Nazareth. He looks at them and then he says the words which are going to condemn him three years from then to die on the cross. And he says, today. Not tomorrow. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. When we hear Jesus again for the first time, it is all about today. This is yours today. Jesus is here today. It is the acceptable time for you. I raise a question why are we here? And I speak positive here to those of us who are here every Sunday, every time the doors are open. Why are we here? Some people will say, well, we got into the habit. Forget that. It's a tradition for us. 
There's no other place to be. And when we go on vacation, if for some reason we're out of pocket and can't get to a church, Sunday don't seem like Sunday. This is what we do. This is where we want to be. I have been here in a church since I was two weeks old. When I was a younger man and would visit my parents back there in Rabin County, Lake Mont, going to that little Creek Rock church sitting on Tiger River, people would come up to me and say, I'll remember when your daddy brought you in here. You were two weeks old and he was so proud. And it never fails. Somebody's going to walk up to me and say, and I remember when your daddy took you out of here too. Amen. Somebody's probably saying, take me out of here. People today go to church if they're not into the tradition, the genre, the culture. Show up and somebody may be here. And I'm not talking to you. If this is you, the Lord Jesus is speaking to you. Ken Callahan many years ago wrote in a book, The Twelve Keys of an Effective Church, that when a person shows up now, they are there out of a sense of hurt and looking for hope. I'm aware of that. And so if in your heart you're beginning to say, he's talking to me. Jesus is talking to me. I pray that you're also saying, I hurt, but there's hope here. I hurt, I hurt. But that baby born and laid in that manger, that one solitary life is the hope of the world. I've shared with you often how I love speaking to your children about their profession of faith. I've shared with you often, and we are at the close here, how that there's three basic kinds of preachers or sermons. There's the feel bad, that's not me. The feel good, I'm not here to massage your ego. Many of us do that enough for ourselves. I'm here praying that when you leave here, you will feel better because you've done business with God, as I say. I had a little fellow in my study not long ago, shared the plan of salvation, asked those questions that I ask. I give the children, the young people, an opportunity at the end. It's not a requirement. It's just, you just never, never, never know. And I asked, would you like to close us in prayer? I'll ask him, have you ever prayed to accept Christ into your life? So many of them have with parents at prayer time at night, in Bible school, Sunday school. This little fellow had not. And I said, well, would you like to pray and invite Jesus into your life? And he said, yes. Man, he started praying. And he prayed. And he prayed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when he finished, he kicked his head back in that big chair and said, Shoo, I feel better. <laughs> glory, give God a glory, will you? He felt better. He felt better. That's what it's all about. 
And I want somebody to leave here and say, I feel better. And you will if you hear who I hear, Jesus. If you've never come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, will you today? Today is the day. You just tell me what your heart is. I, we, you'll not be embarrassed. You won't have to give a speech. 